and betting on oneself is one of the greatest powers that's out there. Testing, testing, testing. Are we recording? Oh yeah, the mic is on. So I'm gonna try to talk loud enough because I'm in a, a restaurant and there's some background music, but I wanted to get this podcast out here. So I'm gonna toss a thought and I'm sharing for those of y'all that are gonna check in. What's up? Thank you for tuning back in. This is your girl Anonymous Thoughts and yeah, that's what that's the name I'm giving myself. Even for those y'all that know me, because he's anonymous thoughts, but not everybody is ready to hear what we're talking about. So um, excuse the background noise because I'm currently set up shop at this place called Fire Wood Fire Something Italian Grill. Alright, but here we go. Aaron Rodgers. NFL quarterback for the Green Bay Packers just agreed to a $150 million three-year deal. If you do the math, he's going to be pocketing about $50 million a year, showing up for six months out of the year to throw a ball 100 yards down the field. And he's doing it all in the namesake of football because he knows his worth. And here's why I bring that up. And here's what you're going to listen to and learn from if you decide to stay tuned in. I'm going to try to keep it short because of the background noise. But check this out. The reason why I bring up Aaron Rodgers is because today when I was driving, I overheard this dude named Rich Eisen, who's like this sports commentator on series radio. And he was talking about how Aaron Rodgers didn't really got the deal of the century. Aaron Rodgers knew his worth. And so I ended up recording a portion of it that I'm going to let y'all hear towards the end. But the gist of it is bet on yourself. And, and here's where I'm going with that. When you know your value, you can bet on yourself. Wait it out because the universe will never tell you no. It might be a not right now, this ain't the right one, but it'll never tell you no. And the topic of today is not just about Aaron Rodgers cashing in, breaking the bank by throwing a football down the field a few months out of the year. No, it's not about that. This is about how how fucking, and I'm going to cuss on this podcast so y'all might want to be ready because I'm serious about this. You are fucking valuable. You are fucking valuable. Every single human being with a soul on this earth is priceless. And here is what I mean. For the most part, every single human being was born with five senses. Y'all remember that? One of the very first lessons we got if you went to pre-K or kindergarten. Some some of y'all might not have learned into first grade because y'all was acting up in kindergarten. But on the real, one of the first things they taught us in elementary was about our five senses. Senses. S-E-N-S-E-S. Right? You got your eyes for seeing, your nose for smelling, your skin for touching, or sensing, however you want. Let's call it eyes nose touching you got your mouth for tasting and you got your ears for hearing five senses now the one they did tell us about in school was our sixth sense 
not the movie. For those of y'all that are old enough to remember the movie Six Sense, it was called I see. It was called Six Sense, and in, in, in one of the key lines in the movie was I see dead people. Right? Even though they portrayed it as dead people, check this out. All of y'all have six senses, but some of your six sense has been compromised because you gave people access to your five senses. When you give people access to your five senses, you are allowing them an invitation to compromise your sixth sense. Stay with me, here I go. Check this out. It all tie back into Aaron Rodgers. But to tell you how fucking valuable you are, you have to understand how valuable your fucking five senses are. Here's how valuable your fucking five senses are. I'm gonna just keep saying fucking just because, just cause it sounds good, right? Your, your five senses are this fucking valuable. For one, by 2024, so that's two years from now, media advertising in the form of anything that can access your five senses, they are going to invest $322 billion, with the B to have access to your five senses. $322 billion. They know how much your sense is worth, but do you? Ain't done. In 2019, you want to know how much your senses were worth to the fast food industry? The fast food industry invested $5 billion to put bad food on your TV screen, on the radio, on billboards, wherever you went. $5 billion was bet on your five senses, our five senses, that we would take the bait. I'm not done, okay? Almost $6 billion a year is spent to market rappers and commercial music. Six billion, I ain't even used the million yet. I'm talking about billions. You were worth fucking billions. And these industries know that. This is why they can then invest that money because they know that if they access your five senses, they turn off your six senses with stuff that they know is not good for your sixth sense. This is why that little boy in the movie was seeing dead people. Don't be thinking about dead people like in the grave. This is dead people walking around. Can't even tell that the industry knows our bodies and our senses better than we do. And so this podcast or this audio is for anybody who's trying to figure out how the hell did I get here and how the hell do I get out? You get out by being like Aaron Rodgers. You gotta know your worth. You hold out. You hold out until you get what it is that you want out of life and to get what it is that you want out of life you got to know who is handling your joystick right now five billion on the fast food industry back in 2019 ain't no telling what they're gonna spend in the upcoming years especially after this pandemic right another six billion to market commercial music to you and of course who else would be in the lead other than rappers and R&B people, music that sadly has really torn our culture apart because we thought it was just music, it wasn't that big of a deal. You think that these people would be spending $6 billion a year if it wasn't that big of a deal? You got to be out your fucking mind, and I know you are, and I was too, to believe that they're going to spend $6 billion just to put some tunes out there. They know what the fuck they're doing. We got to wake up to this. So. For those of y'all that are out there trying to figure out why my kids behave in the way, why couple my family tree look like this, why I ain't got nobody to go to, you gotta pay attention to who have you sold your five senses to. That's what it happened to me. And once I figured that out, 
I'm starting to shave that off. I'm trying to be more like Aaron Rodgers. I can't everybody have access to my five senses. And the last point that I'm going to make on this before I close out. I love Megan and I love Cardi B. I just, I love them. I, I love them for what they've been able to overcome. Okay. What I don't love is that the same industries, one of them, as a matter of fact, is overseas. That's over all of the music. And them suckers call themselves a non-profit. So that's a whole, that's a whole nother podcast. But anyhow, the Federation of Phonographic Industry, uh, an alleged non-profit who's over all of these, these rappers get to say like what gets in your face. But that's again, like that's a whole nother profit. But with, with people like Cardi B and Megan the Stallion, who probably would have been people I looked up to when I was in my twenties and early thirties, check this out. What ends up happening is you think about a lot of us had to go to these underperforming public schools, right? Going to an underperforming public school, getting mediocre, poor education, leaving out into the real world, looking back and saying, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Guess what? They have something for you. Why don't you take off most of your clothes, sing a few lyrics, shake your ass, and we're going to pay you since obviously your education didn't work out enough for you to be in the courtroom and do the lawyer thing, right? So if you think about the state of our economy, if you will, we go through these poor schools and we don't get all the education and experience we need. And then we left to try to figure it out. And where do we end up? We end up in strip clubs using our body because guess what? If our mind don't work, our body sure will. But however, that is temporary. Megan Thee Stallion shows us that in her new video called The Sweetest Pie. So they take people like Megan Thee Stallion, people that look like us, they give them all this money because you can't do nothing with your brain in, in Harvard and you can't go to none of them, but we can allow you to sell yourself back to your community and get a lot of respect from them, right? Right? More people follow that lady, those two together combined, than they do any healthy food source altogether, you know? Or, or, or healthy information altogether, but they give us poor education and then they expect us to figure out how we're going to make a living, whether it's through our body, it's through crack, cocaine, drug dealing, stealing, whatever it is. So I'm going to close out by letting y'all listen to uh, Mr. Rich Eisen this morning who talked about you can't go wrong when you bet on yourself. So I'm telling y'all right now, bet on your senses, take them back and stop making yourself available to everybody. I love y'all. I'm out. And this, to me, shows once again how the power of belief in self and betting on oneself is one of the greatest powers that's out there. And it's very difficult sometimes because, you know what, you feel like you may not have the leverage and you feel like you may not be that um, that person that the, the organization that you've been with for so very long really wants you. And Rogers was made to feel that way with trading up to get Jordan Love and the clock was ticking. And betting on oneself is one of the greatest powers that's out there. Testing one, two, three. Testing, testing one, two, three. This is 
an unofficial, it is going to be very short, I think. And I'll be saying one thing in the universe, be coming back with another, but testing, testing, are we recording? I think we are, here we go. This will be a short, shallow thought. I got a few friends that's going through it right now. And I'm not sure how to feel. I'm confused because I got a few friends that are going through it right now. Emotionally, maybe spiritually, maybe financially, maybe physically, but I got a few friends that's going through it right now. I don't know that that's the same for you, but if it is, then listen up. If you got friends, keep listening because you might run into the same challenge. What if you have got to a place in your life where you just know how, you have just learned how to shake negativity off as fast as you can sense it coming. And it's taken a while for you to get there, which is what the experience has been like for me. And finally, when you have re when you have, I don't want to say repress that feeling of staying in anger or depression or sad too long, but when you finally learn how to tame that feeling, you don't want an invitation back to that party. And when you have friends that are going through it and you never learn how to be compassionate to yourself, and you just now learning how to be compassionate to yourself? Where do you step in to help your friends when you're worried about your own mental health being too close to the edge, if you will? So when, when you have friends that's going through it, the best thing we can do is listen. Because a lot of times when we talk, we can solve our own problems, but it really involves the energy that's being received on the other end as that person is going through their problems. It could be lack of motivation, it could be demotivation, it could be spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, any of that. But I don't wanna step back in too far and I also don't want to hurry up and give advice because, hey, here's what worked for me. I'm in this season of my life that I'm saying that people who want help will say, can you please help me? I don't know what I need help with, but can you please help me? And the best thing we can do as friends at that time is listen and give the space for them to tell us what they need help with or help them figure out what they need help with without giving advice that worked in our own personal formula because everybody's formula for healing will look different. But I'm going to close out and I'm going to say as I think about my peers and my friends and my colleagues and people who I can tell by the way their voice sound that they're going through something or tell by their silence that they're going through something it made me think about this game called Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man when we were growing up. And I started to think that life was like a video game. 
that you played for the very first time. And in this video game, if you want to keep keep up with everybody else that's playing in this video game, then you got to learn how to move through the levels. The video game ain't going to change its programming for you. You have to increase your skills to outthink the video program. They've already got it figured out, the developers, what it takes to get to the end of this video game. And with Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man, I never got good enough to figure out if there was ever an end back in the 80s when it first came out for us. I don't know if it was an end. I just know I got really good at it to the point in one part of the video where even when you ate the large pellets, the super power pellets, the ghosts wouldn't even turn green no more. I mean, the ghosts wouldn't go blue where you could eat them. They would be like, oh, that didn't scare me, right? And so when I think about the game of life and when we go through stuff, and now I'm sharing a part of my formula, I realize that life is like a video game. If you keep responding the same way to the same troubles, then you're gonna stay on the same level. And eventually, with games, at least with Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man, you were either motivated to keep trying to practice your joystick moves, or you were motivated to quit, which turned into demotivation because it looked like the game was just too hard to get to the next level, or you told yourself, I didn't like this game anyway. So if we think about that from a real life perspective, the programmer that created this game, Miss Pac-Man, Miss, oh, just regular Pac-Man, they created the game with you in mind. How would you play it? And unless you were a part of the original design, you gotta go through each level of life just like everybody else. Childhood is the first stage. And depending on your childhood, you might have got dropped off in Gallagher, where everybody was just shooting from day, as soon as you came out the womb in Gallagher. Even though I love that game, you had to be shooting, you had to go fast. So in Gallagher, you were in a state of survival all the time because you didn't get but three men, and if you did really well, you might have got a fourth one. And maybe an extra one. I think Gallagher had it set up where every 20,000 points, you can get an extra man just in case life hits you upside the head along the way. So the same thing with Pac-Man and Mrs. Pac-Man. You had to get good enough and outsmart where the ghosts were gonna be because the ghosts knew your next step. But we didn't know the ghost's next step, but the programmer is not going to change its way so that you can pass the level. Why? Because other people have already moved past this level that you might be on. And there are other people who gave up who said the game wasn't for them and then they got stuck right where they are. And sadly with this game, once you're in, you can't get out unless you take a drastic measure, which I will not mention. But even if you take a drastic measure that I'm not mentioning, you don't know what's on the other end. So you could just get reassigned to even a lower level the next time you come back around. Who knows? Because nobody really knows except the people who created this game we call life. Your best bet, the logical next step, is to do what it takes to get to the next level so that you are no longer phased by the presence of a ghost. 
or in the Gallagher terms, the, the ships, right? So I want to say, as your friends go through the struggle, as you come out of the struggle, the best thing we can do is maintain our own boundaries so that we don't fall too far, far back, but then constantly be the light. Do not dim yours so that theirs will come on. You can share some of your energy, but do not give away so much that your life starts to dim and look dull and then need to be replaced. Listen before giving advice. And then walk them to the place where they can find their formula. And if they ask for permission, or if they ask for direct feedback and say, can you help me, show me, then that's when you can start pulling out the tricks to your formula and help them with the cheat codes to get to the next level. I'm out. Boop, 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 boop.